Well, today we're going to come bearing some good news and some bad news. And mom says it's always best to get the bad news out of the way. So why don't we start there? Latest job numbers are out and there isn't any growth in the small business sector. So what's the good news, you ask? Well, if you're lucky enough to have a job in that sector, many people's paycheck size have increased. What does that mean for your wallet? We'll tackle that with our friend Andy Hill from Marriage, Kids, and Money on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you from outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. And just a short bike ride away outside of outside of Detroit, Michigan, is Andy Hill from the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast. This is the show where we invite our neighbor on to open the news and dive in with financial thought leaders from all walks of life. Today, we're talking about a CNBC piece. We'll be focusing on that. We'll not only read it to you, like some podcasts, but we'll also talk about why it's important to you and your wallet. Today's show is brought to you by Rocket Dollar. Big thanks to them for supporting Money with Friends. Rocket Dollar account holders have the ability to invest their retirement savings in anything they choose through a rocket dollar self-directed IRA or solo 401k. You can make investments directly into real estate, private companies, peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, and everything else allowed by the IRS. Get $100 off your setup fee by heading to rocketdollar.com slash MWF. That's rocketdollar.com slash MWF. And we didn't scare them away yesterday. He's back for more. Andy Hill from I'm Marriage, back. Kids, and Money. How are you, man? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me back, Joe. I'm, I'm glad you could hang out with us. Happy New Year to you and your family. I appreciate it, man. We are excited about 2020, a whole new decade, a whole new opportunity for me and my wife to figure out how we can, uh, uh, you know, get some more date nights and time away from our kids. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that, I remember those days, man. That is the theme. That is I mean, the I love them, but I love when grandma picks them up. Absolutely. <laughs> well, they're not here now. It's just you and me. We're going to tackle this piece about small business, uh, small businesses. So let's dive into it. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick this off. Just like hanging out and talking about money news. That's why I tune in with Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece, as I mentioned, does come from CNBC.com, and it's written by Patty Dom. Uh, it's titled, Small Business Paychecks Are Growing at a Fast Pace as Job Gains Slow. I did the one yesterday, Andy, kicked it off. Why don't you want to do the honors for us today? I'm happy to. Weekly earnings for employees of small businesses grew at an annual rate of 4.1% at the end of the year, the fastest pace since the paychecks slash IHS market small business employment watch began. The employment report began making annual comparisons in 2011. Steady gains in hourly earnings and the strongest increase in hours worked in December since 2012 helped drive earnings growth. Hours hours worked were up 1% from the same period last year. Job growth was flattish awesome word, up just 0.06% from November's level. But year over year, job growth fell 0.7% due to declines in the first half. Small business job gains have flattened in the second half of the year as labor markets prove very tight, said James Diffley, chief regional economist at IHS Market. In response, Weekly earnings have accelerated, surging from 2.49% mid-year to 4.13% at year-end. The monthly report focuses on small businesses and uses payroll data of about 350,000 paychecks clients 
to glean wage trends and activity by region and sector. Wage growth has been steadily rising and sometimes stubbornly slow since the financial crisis, but picked up in late 2018 and 2019. According to the report, the southern U.S. is the strongest region for small business job growth, despite a decline in December. But the south and Midwest are the slowest growing in terms of hourly and weekly earnings growth, and the gap with the west and northeast continues to widen. As for industries, the biggest growth in hourly and and weekly earnings and hours worked was in the leisure and hospitality sector, with earnings up more than 5%. Education and health services industry was the only one below 2% percent hourly earnings growth. Tennessee was the top state for job growth, up 2.1% year-over-year. Job growth in Ohio and Michigan was more than 0.4%, and they moved to 7th and 10th among states. Around the 20th, uh, excuse me, among the 20 largest stakes tracked, New York and Washington had the lowest index readings and showed job declines. New York and California were the leading states for earnings growth. Both saw earning hourly earnings growth above 4% and weekly earnings growth above 5%. You know, we get these numbers. We see these numbers all the time about about uh, job growth, jobs. It's it, I generally a piece like this usually I kind of look past. I can't say I read pieces like this often, do you? No. <laughs> no, I mean I, I it's you read it and I try to pull out some things that are interesting to me. I thought it was kind of interesting to see the variation in hourly earnings between the regions. Uh, I was surprised that it wasn't as big as I thought. I mean, between the Midwest being the lowest at $26 and the West being $29, just a $3 difference. I mean, the, the cost of living between those two locations kind of kind of made me made me think a little bit like, that doesn't seem like that big of a gap in earnings, but man, the cost of living seems a lot higher to be out west than it is in our fair Midwest location. <laughs> oh yeah, no, my my son in Seattle, it is so much more expensive to live in Seattle than it is to live in in Detroit. But you know, it's it's funny, Andy. You know, you and I follow uh, financial bloggers all the time. I feel like financial bloggers make it sound really easy, but like, oh, just move to an area where it's where where the cost of living is less, and that'll that'll solve a lot of problems. Do you ascribe to that? I mean, are you do you live in Detroit because it's economically a uh, 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 great place to be? No, that's just a perk, my friend. No, I live in Detroit because my family's here, and it's, I mean, a lot of a lot of people make decisions around that. Where do you have your network? Where do you have your community? Where where do you feel home? Like for example, if people are having trouble making ends meet in uh, San Francisco or Washington D.C., uh, you know, an easy thing for a lot of people to say is, well, "Why don't you just pick up and move to a lower cost of living area?" But that does not factor in all of the realities of somebody's life. They have their family there. They have their roots there. They have their work connections. It's hard to move from one place to another, as, as some of our friends, as you've talked about, have, have found out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, the part of this I found most interesting, though, was you see these numbers about wage growth growing. And while... I usually don't read pieces like this. I do think, and the reason why why I chose this particular piece is you can take this and make it actionable by saying to yourself when you see this headline, did I get a pay raise this year? And then, since we're in the first week of January, look back over the last year and say, if I did get a pay raise last year, ask yourself this question, where the hell did that money go? (laughs) 
It's a great question. And it's a great thing to think about too, because if we have financial goals in our lives, that's the best way to achieve them is when you do get that bump, you do that bonus or raise trying to stay at that same level of lifestyle and using that extra bump to take care of those financial goals is a, it's just a great way to, to, to make some progress in your financial life. So yeah, asking yourself that question, it's like, Hey, wait a second. Where did that raise go? Yeah. <laughs> where did that bonus go? <laughs> yeah. Cause you see people, start. you see people get raises all the time, right? I remember in, in my early days, I was a horrible saver in my twenties. Um, and I would get raises and immediately I had 50 things I had to use that money for right now. Like I thought every time, if I just get another raise or if I get another raise or I get the third raise. And I remember after I got four or five raises during one part of my career, and it was really where I was making my financial turn. Things were starting to get better for me. I thought it doesn't actually matter how many raises I get. I will always have something in my monkey brain that I can spend this on right now. There will always be a reason why I can't save any of that money. And it's funny when I turned it around and then put away my raise first, all of a sudden I went from never having money to feeling like I had money whenever I needed it. Yeah. And and even the little things, because, because, Buying stuff or buying things that we really want can be a lot of fun, but also it can be a lot of fun when you don't feel the strain or the stress of not having enough money to pay for an emergency or uh, getting the credit card company off your back, you know, or you're just having that last nagging bill. That can also be a lot of fun. So I guess transferring what we think is just like what money can do into what what money can give us. I don't know. It's 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 powerful. Absolutely. We do this live in front of a Facebook audience. If you want to hang out with us while we make the show and uh, make it with us, like uh, Melissa and Donna and Chad, uh, and oh, we've got a lot of people here. Dylan's here and uh, many more. Head to uh, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins and we'll come on a few days a week, uh, Bobby and I, with fun people like Andy, and then talk about headlines. But but I, I brought that up right now because Melissa makes a good point. She says that's what she's been doing all day, year-end financial analysis, looking back over 2019 and seeing, you know, what did you do well? What did you not do well? I know that you and your spouse do something that me and my spouse do too. Cheryl and I have a weekly meeting where we, where we talk about our goals. And that really for us has been more important than having a line by line budget. Have you found that your meetings, uh, first, how often do you guys have your meetings? We get together about once a month just okay. with the craziness of our, our marriage. Sure, but yeah, right. it's it's a great opportunity for us to level set on what our financial goals are and how the progress we're making towards them. Also just gives us a chance to connect as a couple as well. So it's not all about the numbers. It's about what our goals are, uh, vacations, you know, savings goals, things like that, and how we're getting close to doing them together. Yeah, we we do it. I think your your meeting is monthly and it's more comprehensive, right? Yeah. You guys go through mm-hmm. ours is weekly and it's twenty minute stops. Oh over, good. That's great. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. either pancakes or wine, depending on what time of day we do it. <laughs> we have I was say, do you have, do you have mix them together? It's like pancakes it's, not, not, if you have pancakes and wine together. It's pancakes or okay, yeah, it's, it's or. an or. There's a slash there. Yeah. Pick one <laughs> of the two, depending on what time of day it is. And um and and it's really fun. But I find that and, and I'm sure you find it this to be the same is that when we started having those meetings too that's when things change and we started saying okay we, we have this raise coming up or this raise happened we've got x 
amount of money. What are we going to do with it? And whenever we have those meetings, we do good things with those money with, with, with raises. When we don't have those and life just, you know, takes over. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. It's in my wallet and it's gone. Uh, first thing. <laughs> that was December for us, man. We, uh, we did this thing where we, where we, we all track our money. We, tra- uh, Nicole and I track our money through mint and she was buying presents for me. And she's like, don't go on mint because I don't want you to see what I bought you. And, and I said the same thing. Well, don't go on there too. But that, that forced us to not look at our numbers for weeks on end. So man, were we over budget this month on our plan. <laughs> so I, th- I like your weekly check-in. Check in every once in a while, see how you're doing, and make sure you're still f- moving towards your progress there. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just think looking back, uh, looking back, and 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 having those. I mean, I know a lot of people that have very serious budgets. Financial nerds have very serious budgets, but I'll tell you, if you're somebody who's just starting out with your money, the communication with the people you plan with, whether it's a spouse, a friend, whoever it is, f- having those conversations make it so much, so 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 much better. Um, Absolutely. We we will have, Andy and I both, our big takeaway from today's show in just a second. But while we give Mr. Hill a second to get his thoughts together, I'm going to talk a little bit about our sponsor, Rocket Dollar. And Rocket Dollar is fantastic with your IRA or your solo 401k plan, especially when you want to invest in something that's different than the usual suspects offered in most brokerages. Like we talked uh, yesterday about index funds, as an example. If you're somebody that would rather put money into actual houses uh, or private companies or peer-to-peer lending or crowdfunding, we've talked before on this show about AcreTrader, as an example, you want to do that with your IRA money. All that's allowed by the IRS, but you have to have a self-directed IRA or solo 401k to do that. And Rocket Dollar provides that. Making investments with Rocket Dollar is easy. You simply write a check out of your Rocket Dollar account. You don't have to wait for a custodian to mail a check on your behalf. It's super simple. What I like best, though, about Rocket Dollar there are many, many ways to get your IRA disqualified because you messed it up when you don't use just a, a regular fund. So if you're going to buy real estate, as an example, going to put a house inside your IRA, you have to follow some very specific rules. And Rocket Dollar has a great knowledge base and a very knowledgeable team about how to do this. And they do it for about a third of the price of many of the legacy companies that are out there. You'll get all the Rocket Dollar services for $15 a month after a one-time $360 sign-up fee. But for Money with Friends listeners, they'll take $100 off that if you go to uh, rocketdollar.com forward slash MWF. And then it will tell you there to use Money with Friends uh, as your code when you set up your account. And they'll take $100 off that setup fee. So thanks a ton to Rocket Dollar for helping us out. All right, Andy, it's a moment of truth, man. What's our takeaway from today's piece? I would say as we look at ways to really hit our financial goals, see what you can do to take advantage of any increases you have in your life, whether you're selling something on Craigslist or eBay, you're getting a bonus, you're getting that tax return or getting a raise, take a look and take an opportunity of what you can do with that extra money to help you get to the next level in your financial journey. I, I love that takeaway because uh, you focused on on making more money first. And I feel like a lot of people focus first on their budget and what they, quote, can afford. And it's usually, when I was a financial planner, it was 
while cutting your budget, sometimes there's areas that need to be cut. It's usually easier to make more money. And most people don't yeah. focus on making more money. But and when, the best place to make more money isn't with a side hustle or anything. It's at your current job. Isn't that so amazing? Take advantage of what you've got and take advantage of the skills you have and make more money there. The number of bosses that uh, studies show will give you a raise if you just asked in the right way is yeah. is is incredible. Um, that That actually leads to my takeaway which is the fact that when it comes to when it comes to whether you're working in a small business, big business, wherever it is, if you think about your own money as if you're a business, you have to think about today's expenses, but you also have to think about expenses in the future. And I love thinking about things the way that Melissa uh, thinks about them. She said she's been doing year-end financial analysis, looking back last year as if she's a business. If you had investors and you had quarterly earnings report, would you be proud of the way you manage your money or would you be embarrassed to tell your shareholders exactly what you did during that quarter? So having consistent meetings, taking advantage of raises so the company stays healthy over time, I think that treating your money as if you're a company is a great way to manage your money. Plus what I find, Andy, a lot of people make fantastic decisions all day in their nine to five. And it's like at 501, they go from being this analytical human being to emotional with their own money. And you think which company is more important, you know? That's right. You're managing millions of dollars for your company, and then it's difficult to do it at your own house. Absolutely. I I, I actually do that. I actually have done that. <laughs> well, tell us what's coming up on uh, Marriage, Kids, and Money, my friend. Well, Joe, I appreciate you having me on the show again. It's been a, it's been a blast over the past two days. Thank you very much. Uh, Marriage, Kids, and Money. Yeah, it's a, it's a great weekly podcast, and I'm very excited to have an awesome guest that I'm really excited about next month, Liz Frazier. She has recently wrote a book, and it's all about how to teach young kids about finance, and they're never too young to learn. And so we're talking about how to have those fun conversations with your kids, how to help them get on board with saving and the understanding between needs and wants. And then how can we how can we raise our children to, I guess, not be spoiled? How do, how do we give them an opportunity to have great wealth in the future or the path towards that wealth, but then also keep them humble and, and, and have gratitude and contentment? So it's a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to sharing it next month. That's cool. And that's, these are the kind of conversations you have all the time on Marriage, Kids, and Money. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking about how to help young families build wealth and thrive. That's both for you and your spouse, as well as the, the next generation. Hey, thanks everybody for hanging out with us uh, today, Andy and I. If you want to hang out again while we make the show, it's facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamin. Thanks to everybody who's listening in uh, to the finished product, not the one that took us uh, a couple tries <laughs> to make because <laughs> I forgot to hit record. Uh, and that's the fun of doing this show live. Uh, thanks to everybody who's left us a review of this podcast. Bobby and I are back tomorrow with more Money with Friends. We'll see you guys again next time. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. 
As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.